Hey guys, welcome to Team Teen Talk, the Lenses podcast where we cover a range of topics affecting teenagers today. Um, I'm Lucas here with my co-host um, Pernima, and today we're talking to uh, someone who started a uh, nonprofit to help combat cancer. So we're happy to have you here. So I guess if you just want to start by telling us a bit about your organization and what it does, um, that would be amazing. Hey, I'm Olivia Zhang, and I am the CEO and founder of Cancer Kids First. Yeah, of course. So like you mentioned, um, the nonprofit that I founded, Cancer Kids First, we help kids with cancer. And so we primarily do this by uniting a large group of youth um, and kind of combining our strengths to bring love and joy to these kids. And so we have four main programs that aim to do this. Um, So we supply not only artwork to patients um, filled with inspirational messages to cheer up their day, but also care packages, which usually include um, some sort of their dream gift that is requested by their parents. And then we also partner up with hospitals to provide resources to them. And so originally this included simply like toys and books to fill up the hospital environment and kind of normalize it. Um, But now it has expanded to masks, pain medication, et cetera, especially with COVID-19. And then our last program um, is called Treatment Services. And this program, we help outpatients in international um, hospitals. And so this we primarily focus on low-income countries who might not have the same resources as patients and hospitals in the U.S. do, and providing funding and working with other um, organizations to provide resources there. And we also host virtual Zooms to bridge kind of patients and volunteers and kind of um, close the gap between, I would say, like the social isolation that comes with chemo treatment. So in general, it's all about bringing joy um, and kind of cheering up these patients through donations, but also volunteer support. Wow, that is so amazing. This organization seems to have accomplished so much. Could you tell us a bit about um, what gave you the idea to start this or if there was anything or anyone that inspired you? Yeah, definitely. So I lost my grandfather and shortly after um, my elementary school teacher, both to cancer. And so these two people, um, my elementary school teacher, I would spend every day after school with her, you know, waiting while my mom was coming home from work. And then I was obviously very close to my grandfather as well. So losing them both so close together is definitely what pushed me to not only realize how prevalent the issue of cancer is, but want to take action and make a change. So when my grandfather, um, when he was diagnosed with cancer and kind of going through the chemo process, watching him go through that was very difficult. Um, And so I wanted to utilize my own love for art to kind of help him um, raise money for his treatment costs. So I sold a lot of artwork throughout my middle school and also through social media um, to hopefully raise money and contribute a little bit towards his funds. Um, And unfortunately, you know, that wasn't able to make a huge difference, but that's kind of what sparked my idea for Cancer Kids First first program, which is the arts program, you know, sending art and creating artwork, because the artwork not only served as a way to fund his treatments, but also made him super happy when he received the artwork. And this artwork is also what connected me and my elementary school teacher. And so that's kind of the first I guess, um, program that I wanted to initiate for Cancer Kids First. 
But yeah, in general, um, these were people who, you know, were huge role models. They were both teachers as well, and they showed so much love to their students. And I wanted to provide this same type of environment that they provided for me and all their students. Um, I wanted to provide the same environment for kids with cancer and their families. And I really think that it was their deaths, you know, this tragic um, situation that pushed me to want to actually do something about it. So cool, like um, the way that you started with art and everything. Um, so when you when you started with this idea, right, um, making art and then using that to help pay for uh, your, your grandfather's cancer treatment, um, did anyone like help you or encourage you along the way? Um, uh, anyone special you'd like to call out or, um, or any resources that you used when you were starting out um, that you'd like to talk to us about? Yeah, for sure. So I would say my parents were obviously huge supporters. Um, and my younger sister, especially, she was somebody who helped me make bracelets and helped me make paintings as well um, to sell to like different people in our neighborhood. So she would definitely played a huge part in kind of starting the art portion of it. Um, and regarding the kind of nonprofit aspect, I was super lucky to have a friend whose mom um, is super invested in the nonprofit sector. And so she knew a lot about, you know, getting a nonprofit off the ground and kind of the legal aspects of it in regards to forms that you have to fill out, um, different things like that. And so she was a huge mentor for me and helping guide, you know, what I needed to think about in terms of how I wanted Cancer Kids First to work. And then obviously how I would actually make it an official 501c3 nonprofit. That's so cool. Um, like when you were started, you when we're starting, you mentioned you were like selling stuff to say the community. So how did the community kind of react to this? Did you get like widespread support from everyone who was like, oh, this is so cool? Um, or was it kind of like mixed reactions? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say that when I was first selling items, it was mainly, I would say, high schoolers and like teenagers being like, oh, this is going to a good cause, you know, and I get to kind of receive a product from it. Um, And so they were super supportful and um, beneficial in terms of, you know, helping me promote my sort of, I guess, cause. Um, And, you know, a lot of them shared it with their friends and their families. And so the community was definitely super supportive at that time. Um, However, I would say when I was starting up my actual nonprofit, it was difficult definitely getting not only hospitals, but also kind of businesses and different um, schools to partner with us, because I think that there is definitely a negative stigma around youth-led nonprofits. And so I think that definitely there wasn't as much support when it came from there. And so that's something that Cancer Kids First, as a team, we had to kind of work through together to build up our reputation and garner these partnerships from the community. That sounds definitely like a huge endeavor. And it also sounds like you had a great support system. So that's great to hear. You've obviously come so far and accomplished so much with this organization. But I'm sure as like, no matter how hard you work, there were definitely some challenges to come with it inherently. So for our listeners, could you maybe talk about some of the challenges you faced you faced along the way? Yeah, definitely. So we definitely grew a lot as a team, you know, and encountered a lot of different obstacles. But um, today, I think I'll just talk about two main ones that we um, kind of faced together. And so the first one is um, 
you know, we were so lucky we were able to grow so quickly through social media. Um, and that usually that occurred over, I would say, January 2021 to April 2021 is when we kind of first blew up on TikTok and began began um, gaining a lot of traction nation and internationally. And so I think that one of the hardest parts for us as a team was to kind of figure out how we could adjust our programs and services, not only to fit the, you know, online and now virtual environment, but also how we could incorporate so many volunteers and make sure that every person had a role and, you know, had a way to contribute to our cause. And so um, as a team, we had to do a lot of research on what platforms we can now use to communicate with all these volunteers, um, different ways that we could digitize our services. So something that a lot of our team members um, found out was that because of the um, fragile immune systems of kids with cancer, you know, obviously receiving physical items, especially with the pandemic is super difficult. And so we had to find ways to ship items through Amazon um, or digitize services such as hosting Zooms with patients instead of meeting with them in person. So that was kind of how we transitioned our services, I would say, to more of a COVID-19 friendly format. Um, And then regarding the onboarding all the volunteers, Um, A lot of team members brought up different apps that they had used in other organizations they were part of or other clubs, such as Remind and Telegram. And so these allow us to send messages about service opportunities, different events, different fundraisers to a large group of people at once. And so that really helped us manage all the new influx of volunteers, which is really great. So that's one of the challenges I would say that we encountered um, and, you know, really brought us together as a team and helped develop our team's working skills. And then I would say that another more personal challenge um, is that I am an older sibling, as I mentioned before. And so as an older sibling, I'm used to, you know, setting an example for my younger sister and kind of hiding imperfections um, in order to do that. And so I had a lot of difficulty, you know, learning how to trust others and have others help out with different aspects of the organization. So this is more of a personal challenge that I had to overcome. But, um, you know, Cancer Kids First Growing obviously meant that there was a larger workload. And I am a little bit of a perfectionist. And so I used to pull so many all-nighters, you know, making sure that the website was perfect, all the social media ran well, um, all the volunteers were getting you know, fun service opportunities, all the patients were making sure that, um, you know, the programs, they enjoyed the programs and felt that the programs actually supported them. And so I kind of juggled um, all these different aspects of Cancer Kids First on my own. And so it took a while for me to learn how to trust others and, you know, believe that they also had valuable input and valuable visions that could contribute and enhance Cancer Kids First. So that was definitely a personal challenge that I had to, you know, learn and grow from. Um, And I think that by doing that, I've definitely developed not only as a leader, but also it's really helped Cancer Kids First blossom to where we are today. That's so cool. Like the amount of effort you put into this. Um, What would you say are the moments that kind of make it all worth it? Do you have like any interesting anecdotes, stories, maybe like about a specific patient who you feel like you've really made a difference to? Um, Like, yeah, anything like that. Yeah, for sure. So I think 100%, you know, seeing all the patients and seeing their faces is probably the best part of running Cancer Kids First. Um, So a story that I automatically thought of when you asked that question is um, 
So we started these international trips to help low-income um, hospitals specifically. So we had one of our Cancer Kids First ambassadors. Her name is Valentina. She took a home trip, um, a trip to her hometown in Colombia. So she went to two hospitals there, and she brought a bunch of different resources that they had requested that only the U.S. had, um, and that primarily included like pain medication and then also different types of just snacks you know for the patients to cheer them up um and so one of the patients there that we met he lost his mom to a drug overdose and then his dad to poverty situations and so that story really made us realize you know not only how fortunate we are but really developed our passion for helping um, more hospitals in underdeveloped countries because we saw the need um, and how much they struggled with, you know, how not, he lost his parents and yet he still has such a positive outlook on life. And he was so grateful for, you know, the donations that we brought over. Um, and I think that seeing his strength really pushed us to continue our work, but then also channel this positive outlook on life in our everyday lives as well. So that was definitely a super touching story um, that really resonates with me. And then another one is um, through one of our Zooms with patients, we normally cater these Zooms towards a patient's specific interest. And so there was a nine-year-old boy um, named Theo, and he absolutely loves science and math. And so we catered a lot of the Zoom around science and math games and trivia. And um, Theo is has a brain tumor. Um, and despite this, he quite literally has the brain of a genius. Um, he knew so much about astrophysics that a lot of our volunteers, well-versed in STEM, didn't understand. And when we asked him, you know, how he found out about all this information, he discussed how he spent so much time um, even outside hospital treatments and pain studying the fields of interest that he found super interesting. Um, and he poured over like Khan Academy, different textbooks at just nine years old. And so seeing that definitely, again, motivated us to continue our work, um, but then also reminded us to, you know, that if these patients who go through so much can find the time to, you know, feel grateful every day um, and have a smile on their faces and pursue the things that they love, then we should kind of do the same. And so I think that these two patient stories definitely touched us um, in a way that would help us grow personally, but then also, you know, obviously show us the impact that Cancer Kids First has made already. That is just so touching. I'm sure something like that, like, makes your hard work really worth it. And just to see the impact of what you're doing is just amazing. So really, kudos to you and your whole team. I wanted to backtrack a bit to something you said. So as you mentioned, there's definitely somewhat of a stigma revolving around teen-led organizations. And I think a lot of that comes with not being taken seriously due to our age. So what's your advice to someone wanting to make a difference, whether it's in this field of work or other teen-led organizations? Like in other words, is there something that you wish you knew before starting out? Yeah, so like you mentioned, you know, obviously the stigma is pretty prevalent. Um, and I think that something or a way that we, you know, as youth can kind of combat this is to make sure that if you start a nonprofit or a passion project or something along those lines, uh, make sure that you are truly passionate about it. And so obviously, 
Um, it kind of took losing two people to cancer to push me to pursue this cause. But I think that is also what has kept me so motivated and dedicated. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that adults can really see if you care about the cause. And so if you truly 100% believe in it and believe in what you're doing, that is going to show through, you know, and be communicated to other people. Um, and so I think that's definitely, you know, kind of the broad um, overview of what you should keep in mind if you wanted to start a nonprofit. Um, and then just more specifically, um, for advice, I would say that kind of making sure that you invest in your people is so important. So investing in a good team, you know, having a good support system is so important. Um, I know that I wouldn't have gotten here without the support of the Cancer Kids First team behind me. So finding those people around you who have the strengths and the capabilities that you need on your team, um, I think will do great lengths to enhance your services and your general structure. So, for example, um, finding, you know, somebody who's strategic at social media to be your social media manager, things like that. Um, and then the other thing I would say is to definitely don't hesitate to reach out to those who maybe already have a successful nonprofit or an adult mentor that you can learn after, because I think that they would be able to give you so much valuable advice um, and so much, you know, input on the lessons that they've learned to help you grow your nonprofit. So I think that is another point um, I would bring up. And then I think the last one is to, I guess, never stop learning. Um, I think that researching, you know, how you want to build your nonprofit, what, I guess, services are most in need regarding the target group that you are looking into, um, reading different leadership books or listening to podcasts about leadership, um, and then reflecting on different failures that, that you might go through could really help you learn um, and improve your own strengths and then your own capabilities, as well as, you know, make sure that you have a clear vision for what your nonprofit hopes to become. I think it's it's really cool that you you have all these things that like make your nonprofit truly special because I think there's this stereotype right that um you have the high schooler that goes and starts a nonprofit so they can they can put it on your resume on their resume and it seems like you've really set yourself apart from that uh, and the passion you've put into this is truly incredible. Um, so, are there any like um, myths you want to debunk about um, like the work you do? Um, any assumptions people have had? Uh, that might be completely wrong or or unbased that you'd like to to address. Um. Yeah, so I think that one that you actually mentioned is obviously you know that I know that you know there are some youth out there who start nonprofits simply for resumes to put on resumes or for college applications. Um, and I think that with, you know, the growing world that we are in with the pressure of like, parents and teachers expecting these kids to get into top tier colleges has definitely kind of fed into youth feeling like they have to start things simply for colleges. And so I think that a myth definitely is that, you know, Cancer Kids First or other nonprofits were started simply because of college apps, um, because I think that a lot of people are truly passionate about the cause. And so. I guess having this myth um, surrounding the idea of just like youth led nonprofits in general can really affect um, how we how other people perceive our cause um, and our organizations. And I think that, um, like I mentioned before, you know, if you are truly dedicated to a cause that will shine through and people are going to see that in your work um, and really see your passion 
for that work. And so I think that um, hopefully the myth soon will be kind of debunked. And I think upon closer look, people will kind of separate the superficial nonprofits, perhaps from the realer ones. Um, so I think that that would probably be the myth that I would say kind of surrounds Cancer Kids First and then other nonprofits in general. Yeah, and it is really heartbreaking that people will dismiss such hard work and such passion and think that it's just, um, you know, created as a resume builder or something just to put on college apps. But like Lucas mentioned, um, obviously Cancer Kids First has done so much great work. Um, now, as we start to conclude, I just wanted to ask, is there anything that you would like to mention or add about Cancer cancer kids first or just about your journey to getting there is there anything that you want our listeners to know yeah for sure so um i think that if any of you guys you know have a cause or have kind of an issue that you wish to address um to better our society i think that 100 you should you know take the steps and take the initiative to start something um it doesn't necessarily have to be a nonprofit like what i did but you could possibly um, implement a new innovation or start some kind of program at your school. And I think that there's so many different ways that um, we together as youth can help the um, the world and, you know, solve all these issues that are going on today. Because um, at the end of the day, I feel like that we are kind of the future, you know, and so we should take these steps and utilize what we are best at to help the less fortunate um, or just in general help different groups that are in need. So, um, if any of you guys would ever want to reach out for any nonprofit advice or just general specific questions on things on how you can get started on implementing a new project or something like that, um, definitely never hesitate to reach out. Sounds awesome. And like, I truly hope for the best for Cancer Kids uh, First. Um, I hope you, uh, you as an organization keep growing and, and really help as many people as you can. Um, I think Pranima, is that is that all? Um, oh yeah, where can listeners contact you online? Um, any social media uh, places? Where else can can readers find out more about you and your organization? Yeah, so um, our most used platform is Instagram. So our Instagram is at Cancer Kids First. And then our website, um, in case you'd like to volunteer, start a chapter, or just reach out to different people on our leadership team, um, our website is www.cancerkidsfirst.org. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Um, have, have a great day. Yeah. And, and truly the best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.